I've got a fever, and the only prescription is more Jamco Talks podcast. What's going on, everyone? It is the Jamco here once again. Going to be bringing you another podcast, this time with Matt Shaw, the man who runs the Madness Professional Wrestling Show, a part of the Affinity Pro Pro Wrestling Syndicate YouTube channel. And they host creators that use the WWE 2K games to produce and showcase the most creative and talented wrestlers of the modern era. We're going to be talking to him right here, right now. And we also get into the discussion of Deathmatch Wrestling. So if you're into that, it's time to listen. The following is an FWC collection production. Jamco Talks. Jamco Talks. Jamco Talks with the Jamco. The Jamco. The Jamco. I'm talking to Matt Short, the man who runs the Madness Professional Wrestling Show on the Affinity Pro Pro Wrestling Syndicate channel. And we're going to be talking about his show, Madness. We're going to be talking about his recent episode for the base show, including a BLT deathmatch. That's not vacated from that as by the way. Featuring Matthew Black and Ryan Thomas. Some great, unique spots, especially as a creator. We're also talking about his persona and some good old professional wrestling. <laughs> It's that Friday time, and it's that Friday feeling, which means it's Jamco time, and it's that Jamco feeling. It's time for another edition of the Jamco Talks podcast, talking to people from all sides of the interwebs. We got wrapped up last week talking to old Maximilian about his show XVPW. What a great conversation that was. And uh, learning a lot about that man, especially, which is always a great thing to learn about new people. Has a lot of talents, and you never know, maybe one day. We'll have a dance battle, and I'll uh, film it. I actually am going to be interviewed by Mr. Max uh, this weekend, as I record this in real time. So you'll get to see what I looked like if you ever uh, thought, hmm, what does he look like in real life? And also looking forward to finally being a guest of all the episodes and finally a guest on here. But we're going to switch to today's guest. And i got to tell you, I... I always do my research on an individual with the stuff that they do, their content, maybe the stuff they've been a part of, shows, all that kind of stuff. And this was a show that really, really blew me away in the content, the display, the theme, and the mood as well. I always say it's the small things to make a difference because it's it's those things that you can point out and see, oh, wow, I haven't seen that before. And that is exactly uh, what this gentleman that we'll be bringing in shortly. So we have Matt Shaw, who creates Madness Wrestling. Madness Wrestling is a part of the Affinity Pro Pro Wrestling Syndicate channel, which has promotions such as One World, AOW, UCPW, RYSE, uh, Radiant, PWL, and uh, Affinity Pro as well. So I like the fact this is kind of like a collective unit doing their own thing over here. And we have a lot to talk about in the stuff that I've seen and the stuff sort of research. Let's bring the man of the hour, the man with the power. Matt Short, what's going on, baby? How you doing? Yo, what's up? How you doing, man? Guys. Do I, uh, you sound a little bit like Jeff Hardy, you know. You just need to say, yeah, man. Yeah, I woke up not too long ago. It's actually a great time. <laughs> so, 
where to begin, where to begin. So, really, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about, and uh, we could go up and down all around. We're going to get onto the CAW stuff in a moment, because, of course, we have uh, many things to do, including the recent episode as well. But in terms of you getting into just general professional wrestling, you were telling me that you've been in professional wrestling since you were a kid. Took a little break around 2010. Not a big fan of the product. When you say since birth, what kind of year are we talking about here that you first saw wrestling? Uh, my earliest memory is at least like 2002. Okay, it was, right. It was somewhere around 2000. It was like a WrestleMania 17. That was like the coolest thing I've seen. Was so that far. was that time? I mean, it was was the pay per view itself the first thing you saw or? What what was it the thing that you first saw if you can remember? Uh, like that was my earliest memory is WrestleMania seventeen. Mm. Just the Hardy Edge spot from the ladder. Ah, uh, yeah, yep, yeah, iconic spot. Man. WrestleMania seventeen is always everyone's uh, favorite show, especially with uh, of course the, the sort of mega matches on there. So that is uh, kind of one that's that's hold up there. You went pretty much through the early two thousands, late two thousand ten. So you've seen everything yeah. through to the end of the decade. You said you stopped because only got stale. What what was it you didn't like about that early two thousand tens? Uh, it's gonna be weird coming from me now as an AEW fan, um, because I I got really sick and tired of seeing Cody Rhodes every week. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was well, like him. Hardcore Holly and like ah Dossi, yes like I remember three that weeks <laughs> like uh. fucking mess. Well, I mean, in fairness, you know, it's it's about how people are booked, and you know, it's not necessarily Cody Rose himself, but that that kind of terrible storyline. I don't think Ted DiBiase is in the business anymore. I don't even know what he does these days. I'm pretty sure he uh, is he a pastor or something like that. Maybe I'm not sure. I, I, I could be wrong. I think he something to do with a camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well. After that, once you sort of had your little break, what brought you back up into it? Was it a show, a group, uh, any company, maybe even a person? Um, it, it was mainly the Omega Okada match, mm-hmm. the first one. It it really got me like introduced into this like world outside of wwe and like i like to watch a lot of impact at the time too yeah um you know before i took a break so like new japan was like a big like eye-opener to me to venture out into the world of non-mainstream stuff at the time so um that was like a big part in getting me back into wrestling I think it's always good, especially if you're, and I see this a lot, a lot of real diehard WWE fans. There's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes, mm-hmm. I always, I said at the beginning of the show, the small things that make a difference, but it's those things that really can change a theme, change a mood of something where maybe you can see that <clears throat> that formula of storylines, formula of matches on, on WWE, and then you see something else, and it's, it's completely different. Even moves that aren't necessarily used, or just back and forth promos where it feels real because they actually believe in what they're saying and that they direct it very much at the opponent so 
I recommend to anyone to watch, not even if you just watch AEW, watch a lot of stuff, because at the end of the day, you know, it's about, it's about, you know, fuck the promoters, it's, it, it's about the boys, so right. you, you contribute to Impact, you contribute to the NWA, you contribute to all kinds of, uh, and this is coming from an old Brit where, you know, our, our scene's taken a bit of a hit, so it's always important to support it, just for the boys to be able to uh, get around, make more money, obviously people come through the wrestling schools, it's a bit of a circle that, that comes around about that as well. I don't know if this is a question to ask now, because I'll, this will probably come up later, but because, and we'll be covering this death match later on in that episode four of mm-hmm. Madness that you do, is that something you're inspired by, death matches? Is that your thing now? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I've been watching like a lot of GCW, um, yeah. Game Changer Wrestling, you know, for those who don't know. Um you know their big poster boy nick gage right and um i've been going back and watching a lot of old like uh czw i um iwa etc just to see what i can implement into my show yeah you know um because you know we got that different vibe than most others and such so um be be on the lookout for salt um <laughs> the the death match is kind of a, a, an interesting thing because um not through uh you know the, the game changer rest that you mentioned i know the nick gage stuff that they've done off off the the vice stuff um mm-hmm. i know that i know they did some japanese um you know death match wrestling stuff on i think a, a vice Ooh, yeah. documentary a while ago which was uh called yeah. the rest or something like that where they went through that whole uh death match things and there's always been uh, many death matches way before um, AEW did it, even Japan, where there's, mm. there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously Japanese death matches where it would pretty much be, and I always love the stories of when it would be, of course, the bombs at ringside, but then the bombs would be hidden. Mm-hmm. So I, I would always laugh at that because the, the, the wrestlers would run. They'd run away from the bomb before it explodes. And I'm like, <laughs> it's near the fans. Shouldn't the fans be running away? Like these two guys are running, not the twenty thousand other people where um it was running out and, and that kind of turned in from uh barbed wire matches that it would have round, then it would have no rope, it would just be at the barbed wire, and then mm. it would kind of go into these baseball bats and barbed wire boards and I remember like spider nets were a thing and yeah. it, it kind of it was pretty much how how quick can we or how much can we really put more and more I mean the, the fact of a, a, a spike nail in a <laughs> in a table or anything like that. I'm like, holy crap! But then actually, you know, you like you were doing with your um, death match, which we'll cover later. That's something that's pretty, you know, pretty good. Like, you know, just getting a, a big me- uh, big nail or things like that. Since you're into um, those death matches, I'm going to ask about fire matches, and I'm not talking about the the typical Inferno matches. I know that WWE did, but there were various fire matches which were like 92, where I know Godo, Anita did something with Sabu, the Sheik, Sheik and they yeah. had like petrol soaked rags like wrapped around the barbed wire, and then they set it alight. Uh, and then I think I remember one oh. time that Anita had to abandon one of the ideas, I remember, because I think mm-hmm. Sheik slipped into a coma. Due to like heat and heat induced uh, injuries, so yeah, could could we do that in uh, in the wrestling game? Would that work? 
What do you think about putting fire around the ring and sitting so I mean, like, like I thought about it <laughs> honestly. Like there, and in my mind, there isn't a step that I won't go to try and recreate some of the craziest shit that I've seen. Right? Yeah. Um, that is definitely one of those things that's on the list. Um, that, other than salt and lemons, um, next thing up after <laughs> both of those is a knife board, which oh I my saw god, in, that is that would be cool. Yeah, it's a it was something I saw in Big Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a Masashi Takeda pulled it out because like that's one of his big fucking things. Um, it's like he his whole gimmick is like he likes blades so uh he pulls out this knife board and like took a bump on it and like had this giant gash in his back it was it it was really deep there's there's a highlight of it um i think it was it was like a gcw and freedom show yeah um it was nasty but then there's uh, a scissor board too that i gotta that i gotta do (laughs) Um, what's next? With, with that being said, though, you know the, the the kind of crazy ideas are from the the big Japan uh, shows that you mentioned because there's there's they're the ones that really start to uh, update matches and, and make them new. You know, they're the guys mm-hmm. that did the the big Japan Crisis Death Match, which was the um, the the barbed wire boards, the thumbtack bed of nails, and then there was like a circus style scaffold into like a barbed mm-hmm. wire trampoline, a tubs of Scorpios, cactus plants, light bulbs, fire stones. Uh, literally, <laughs> literally like you're going to war. And then there's yeah. piranha death matches, desert death matches, circus death, like crocodile. I mean, the list goes on and on. But mm-hmm. what I want to get your opinion on, these kind of matches, these kind of um, death matches have been covered in quite a lot of sort of documentaries that Vice have done. Um, what are the criticisms of these death matches? You know, well, it's not really wrestling, and you know, why is there like a line you should go over and not go over? And, and even you know, some people you can look at who are in these matches who have gashes or blood streaming down their face, or you know, you're worried they're going to cut an artery open and things like that. Do, do you think these kind of matches are a bit too far, too dangerous? To a degree, um, like for example, uh, the infamous Thumbtack Jack Nick Gage tournament death final. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Gage legit almost died in that, and uh, yeah, think about how different the world would be without Nick Gage right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, especially of American deathmatch wrestling. Um, that plus, like, I saw a match recently between Madman Pondo and Necro Butcher from IWA. Yeah. Uh, there was a spot in which a literal chunk of flesh was just removed from Necro Butcher, like right above the elbow pad. Mm-hmm. You, you could see a, an actual hole. It, it was... Um, uh, the actual line that I will draw when it comes to a death match is actual death. Um, <laughs> good, I'm good. I'm glad you got some morals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as we don't kill someone, we're good. Um, so, well, I, they are they are something that uh, you know more Western sort of uh, wrestling side to bring in. And if anybody is curious about 
you know, maybe you just thought there was one death match. You know, there's not just one death match. There are lots of ones. Um, some mm. we just went into on the on the um, on the podcast, but one I always remember as well that just come to my mind was um, I think a tepai one or tepe, whatever you say it, which is um, putting your yeah. gloves in the hands of glue, rolling your hands on a bucket of broken glass, and then just kind of tape it to your fit. Like literally, just whatever we can do, we'll just do it. Mm. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. So. Those kind of uh, shows and those kind of matches brought you back into the scene of of those kind of shows. How do you transition into doing the sort of online wrestling stuff, the cores, as as it said, in terms of well, kind of entering the whole uh, entering the door of that? How did you transition? What was the first thing you saw, or did you kind of come in a different way through like maybe a different community or online stuff? Uh, for the whole deathmatch scene, I. I just normally, um, I like, just found clips online, like, um, as this YouTuber, um, named, like, Zavdrew or something, who, like, posts the best of CZW, best of GCW of a certain year. Yeah. And, um, that's kind of how I started getting into the scene, uh, was because of that. Like, I, I saw, I stumbled upon, um, some reaction videos believe it or not, of these dudes just watching these videos. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. <laughs> so I just uh, went out and searched for myself and um, got into it like that. Was there a particular show you saw that got you into the whole CAW stuff? Like, um, you know, a, a big show that kind of started to get your your thoughts going and trying to be able to create a, an online wrestling show that you've got now i see that's a funny thing too um i started watching call and then like same time i took a break from wwe um i, I started out with no dq oh yeah yeah and, yeah and that was the first thing that really um Got me in the car. I saw Freddy Krueger chokeslam Jason Voorhees through a flaming table in <laughs> WWE Day of Reckoning, and I was like, "Yo, yeah, I remember that?" Yeah, I was like, "Dude, this hits." So I was like, "Why not I do it?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if if I look at your show, I mean, it looks like a lot of the, I think maybe. 2017, 2018, when the madness stuff starts. Am I right about that? Yeah, actually. Wow. That... You know what? You got me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question was, because you've mentioned to me that you'd been in it, you know, the core scene a lot longer. When, when did you actually start? I mean, is that when you started creating or had you started to create before then? I started creating in 2K14. Right. Um, but, like, the earliest game that I have with Cause on it right now is uh, SmackDown Just Bring It. So, oh, man. Yeah. Now it's So, like, um, I've been playing the WWE games forever, too, you know? Um, so it's like, Just Bring It, uh, Here Comes the Pain, Shut Your Mouth. All Those three are, like, my top three favorite wrestling games yeah, of yeah. all time. Um not including like no mercy and such because believe it or not i just haven't played no mercy <laughs> have you not yeah no i haven't played it yet wow. um i've been wanting to get a n64 emulator and try and play it like that but 
you can find some uh, some pretty good deals with people selling Nintendo 64s, even on uh, eBay, on with reputable uh, uh, sellers to, that do some great uh, great bundles there, especially with uh, sort of No Mercy games. But there's always uh, some some good deals on that. I mean, No Mercy is. I mean, I'm going to get crap for this, but as a game, it is pretty overrated. It's just the fact that you can hack the ever-living shit out of it and do whatever you want. That's what why it's it's cool, because you can pretty much put any type of uh, hair, any type of gloves, and all these kind of things added to the to the character. So I kind of get it from that sense. So that's I mean, I'm that's say you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, but it's probably something like kind of like how I think 2007 was SmackDown vs. that where you could hack that too for like backstage stuff to be able to do that. That's kind of what what that uh, mm. does to do. So we'll come on to the show madness of uh, the Affinity Pro channel, uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, in a few moments' time. Before this, you said you did those different shows. Did you join any other shows? Were you a part of any show as an editor, a creator, or was your character Matt Shaw before the show? Um, Before Madness, I mean, like, um, there was MWF, which was Madness's, like, predecessor. Right. Um, but in between there, like, I wanted to venture out, but, like, I have, like, this really bad social anxiety mm -hmm. that, like, kind of prevented me from doing so. Yeah. Like, right now, I'm shaking. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, uh, I I've always wanted to be in, like other promotions um as you know me or whoever else um as a writer editor whatever and i got into that from uh this account known as pcw which is now lo no longer a thing because uh, we found out that the owner was a scumbag and we never dropped the first show okay <laughs> and so from there, um, I met a friend, his name's Ace. He got me into, uh, um, he got me onto the Affinity channel by introducing me to, uh, the owner of the channel, Tommy. Mm -hmm. And from that, he also got me into, uh, FAM for a cup of tea. <laughs> How was your experience with those guys? We've had uh, we've had them on this podcast before talking about their uh, their stuff, how they plan things, the amount of people that work on their show, and sort of various in and outs in and out with that. Those. How was that mm. experience? Uh, like it it was all right. Like I I never really had a bad experience with Rom or Bash, right? Right. But then again, when I joined in FAM, it was like when they were just coming back, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, um, Bash wasn't really, he didn't really have his hands in it yet. Yeah. Um, so it was, Ram brought me, Ace, and Tommy into it. We were like the first, uh, three guys into it. We, we would have been like the new founders, right? Okay. Um, but that being said, um, Ram was like, he was like our boss still, right? So mm -hmm. like we still had to go to him for stuff. Um we we were gonna have the storyline. Uh we were like a mafia group. We were like 
it was me as a hacker this time around. Okay. Ace as like a cleaner and Tommy as like the big mafia or like the boss's right hand man. Uh the boss would have been the Don. Yeah. Um with that, we also had Luke Monet in the group, in which he's still in that storyline, believe it or not. And um I would have held the crimson title. <laughs> but um after everything that happened in FAM between uh me, Rom, and Ace, um, I feel like it was for the better that I left. Okay. So uh after the because like after the Invixus storyline um, they released the um, the infamous Rombuster Black Lives Matter T-shirt post. <laughs> I am not aware of this. What what is this T-shirt you speak of? Um, it was just Rom's car in a Black Lives Matter shirt, and it it was at like the peak of that whole movement. Right. You know that was happening. And a lot of people reacted negatively to it okay. because of, um, like, it's just a car. Like, you're not going to any of the protests or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But then oh, again, I, I, then again, I, it makes sense for Ron because Malta is like a small island. It doesn't really have a big population, you know? <laughs> yeah, he just lives off some island. Fuck him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just, just a little other. Yeah, we, they don't, they don't, they don't know this stuff. They don't get the news. They don't. I think they're a bit behind with it. They are, they are so behind. Um, but it, it was, it was really funny whenever I saw like all the hate he was getting. Right. Right. Because like I was still in FAM at the time. I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Um, so then he threw me into the Brothers of Destiny the black sheep party hard gimmick uh and i just wasn't having it and i was like you know you strike two <laughs> sure so with that being said we're gonna switch on to your show in a minute but i want to talk about the character of matt Shaw. and uh mm. i know like anyone matt Shaw is a little bit of you a little bit of the volume mm. turned up a little bit uh, different a little bit strange and uh, an interesting I, I like when guys sort of or girls create their own little like backstory of their uh, of their sort of early life which i, I think is quite cool because it kind of gives them some sort of story which i think is quite nice for being able to go into any of the shows and then using that sort of a, a, against them in, in different things what is this matt a storyline that you were telling me about that had something to do with the girl the Matt Ace storyline. So, um, Ace likes involving uh, my past into the storyline. Okay. Uh, and, which... and who is Ace? Ace is the current world champion of Madness. Gotcha. He is a bitch. Um... <laughs> yeah, you hear that, Ace? You're a bitch. <laughs> um, so... He, he's the world champ. No, the fans don't like him. He's like our Ricky Shane Page, for lack of a better term. Except he hasn't like fully turned his back on us yet. Okay. 
Um, he um, he was a co-owner of Madness with Matt, and excuse my voice. Um, he ended up uh, taking the company under Matt while Matt was on break, and mm-hmm. decided let's not release any shows, but just go on the road. With yeah. that, Ace ended up winning the world title, and when Matt came back, he was like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, at this time, in real life, my three-year relationship with my girlfriend at the time has ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this promo, Ace said, you know, maybe after... You know, I beat you or whoever you throw at me. Maybe your wife and kid can finally have a real dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Did he, did he ask you to say that? No, but I let him do it anyway. Right, because okay. I thought that was a great line. Man, he went hard. Yeah, I don't even have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have so many questions then. So, how... How does this sort of story uh, sort of come about? And obviously, you didn't involve the girlfriend, right? Because I'm guessing she wasn't into doing this. Yeah, of course. Um, the story came about because, like, um, we released "Madness: Fighting the Darkness," which was a two-night show. I recorded ninety percent of the matches. Um, the only one I didn't record was the one that Ace recorded. Yeah. And that match was two hours long. Oh, wow. I wanted to... I'm not going to say that, but... um, (laughs) It was a match that I did not enjoy watching. Um, Two hours, Christ, for a match. Yeah. That is nuts. It it made night two five hours long. (laughs) Wow, five hours. I, I I wasn't big on it. Um, because, like, no one's gonna have that attention span. That wasn't two hours full of highlight reel as well, right? No. I was gonna say, that would've taken some dedication. Yeah, it, it would've taken a lot, right? Uh, he wanted to do a three stages of hell match between me and him in the main event. And I was like, okay, cool, just go for it. I didn't tell him anything else other than that. And so he went off and made it two hour long, three stages of hell match. Uh, so, <laughs> um, after that, we started having this, like, we were going to have this storyline between Ace and Yuri Huntron. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, we were mm-hmm. going to have a storyline between them for the title, and it would have exploded at an event called Madness Dishonor. Mm-hmm. But, um... Because of me taking a break for a bit, uh, Madness was kind of dead for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I was like, wait, technically right now, we could be like, well, Ace is in charge of Madness. Yeah. Just for the storyline. And we could be like, he just hasn't been putting shit out. Which, um, in the end, worked out for us. 
you know, people at least know some of the lore if they watch that video. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was a, um, it was a big, uh, plot line for me. I have a lot of, um, passion for the storyline mm -hmm. because like, I'm really trying to make it work. Uh, because like we started the Matt A storyline on an episode of EPW. Um, it was when EPW supposedly came back, but it was just some dude who um, was pretending to be the original owner of EPW. Yeah. So a lot of people like recorded and put together not only matches, but segments and such. So um, I went ahead, produced a segment. It never aired because it had one episode. So um, I just posted it to my channel, and it kind of took off from there. Well, let's let's sort of go into it, to the sort of madness stuff because uh, it's, it's sort of very interesting to sort of see the the ins and outs of your show and everything else like that. And before we do the actual madness show now, is that done just by you, or do you have a team with you? Um, it's done by me and whoever wants to help. That's how I like to put it. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty smart. Now, before we head on to talking about the ins and outs and also covering one of your recent shows, the Madness Episode 4 debased show, would mm -hmm. you say, uh, Mr. Short, that you are a wrestling uh, genius or a, 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 a loyal WWE fan? Loyal WWE fan? Not in the slightest. Wrestling genius? No. Um... <laughs> Well, I don't care, uh, Mr. Short, because it's time for quiz time, and I'll pick you up one hell of oh, a quiz. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do love a good old quiz, and uh, I always find interesting ones, or even any old uh, trick. So we're going to do a bit of a sidebar here. I always like to throw in a good quiz, and mm. the one quiz I found here is from the Goliath uh, website, and it's called the Hardest WWE Quiz Ever. Now, some of these questions are new ones, some of these are old ones, some of them are simple, some of them are hard. Uh, I'm not really a WWE fan myself, so there might be some that I don't know, but I have the answer, so I don't care. So, many, many questions here, Mr. Short. Let's get it on. Question number one. Which gimmick match did Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns never compete in? You have Ambulance Match, Last Man Standing, Hell in a Cell, Inferno Match. Inferno. You're correct. Well done. WWE is far too safe now. The team of the team of the Rock and Mankind were known as the Sock and Rock Express, the Rock and Sock Express, Rocky Socks, or the Rock and Sock Connection. The Sock and Rock Express sounds so funny, but it's the Rock and Sock Connection. The Sock and Rock Express. That's uh, that's good. JBL worked under the following name: Johnny Hawk, Jesse Hawk Bradshaw. Justin Hawk Bradshaw, Texas Hawk. Wait, run through those again? I've never heard those. Johnny Hawk, Jesse Hawk Bradshaw, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, or Texas Hawk. What the fuck? Uh, t uh, Jesse Hawk? Is that, final, is that your final answer? Uh, yeah. You are wrong. 
It was a no. ju- it was Justin Hawkbratch. See, even I knew that. <laughs> what did Al Snow carry to the ring with him? A mannequin head. head, a baseball bat, a bull rope, or a crown? Mannequin head. Correct. Who won the first women's Royal Rumble match? Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch. I think it was Asuka. Correct. Who won the first Royal Rumble? Hackshaw Jim Duggan, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Big John Studd. Oh, the Hacksaw. It was the Hacksaw. We're getting into a little bit more uh, challenging questions. Who is the tallest wrestler to ever step foot in a WWE ring? Giant Gonzalez, The Great Carly, Andre the Giant, or Giant Silver? It was Giant Gonzalez. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You are correct. He is seven foot seven. God damn. Man, can, you, can you imagine being seven foot seven? Shit, I'm five seven. <laughs> getting into uh getting into a car would be a bitch, wouldn't it? Steve Austin debuted as the ringmaster in nineteen ninety six. Who was his manager? Brother Love, Doc Hendricks, Sonny, Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase. Correct. Billy Gunn was a member of which tag team in 1993? The Gun Show, the New Blackjacks, the Rockabillies, the Smoking Guns. Smoking Guns. Correct. Him and Bart Gunn. Chris Jericho is the front man of which rock band? Fozzy, Judas, Stuck Mojo, or Avenged Sevenfold? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck Mojo is great. Whoa. Yo, he has to be the head man of Avenged Sevenfold, it's Fozzy. Gotta love it, gotta love it. What's your answer? Fozzy. Correct, stuck Mojo, gotta love that one. Now, here's a bit of a, uh, an interesting question, it's a bit more uh, tough, this one. Which show drew the highest WWE TV rating? So we have the main event, Hogan versus Andre in 1988. We have Monday Night Raw, Austin versus The Undertaker from 1999. Monday Night Raw, Raw is Owen Tribute Show from 1999. Or Saturday Night Main Events, Hogan versus Boss Man, 1989. Oh, shit. Like, I, I would respect the shit out of wrestling fans if it was Owen's Tribute Show, but I know that's not the case. Um... It, it was probably uh, Austin Undertaker from 99 because of how popular the Attitude Era was. Is that your final answer? Yeah, I'm going with that. You are wrong. It was actually the main event broadcast uh, Hulk Hogan versus Honor of the Giant 1988 drew a 15.2 Nielsen rating and 33 million viewers. No. But bearing in mind, if I recall... Uh, that one, that was on. I'm trying to remember why that was high because it was to do with being on NBC. Yeah. I think it was that which yeah. that was a spin-off from uh, Saturday Night Main Events. But no, that was a, a, a weird, very specific that one. But anyway, we move on. Which city hosted WrestleMania six? Houston, Los Angeles, New York, Toronto. Oh shit, another good one. Um, I want to say Houston, but 
It's probably LA. You're going to go with Los Angeles. You're incorrect. WrestleMania 6 was held in the Toronto Sky Dome in 1990. Mm, okay. What was The Undertaker's name when he first arrived in the WWE? Mean Mark, Texas Red, Kane the Undertaker, The Punisher. I remember hearing Kane the Undertaker somewhere, but I, I believe it was Mean Mark. You gotta go Mean Mark. Yeah. You're wrong. You were correct with your first assumption. It was Kane the Undertaker. No. <laughs> yeah, you muppet. Although, the interesting thing about that question is he's been known as all four of them literally everywhere. Yeah. The Godfather was also known as the Boogeyman, Curtis Hughes, the Sultan, Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Which, by the way, that's correct. Which <laughs> colors did the NWO Wolfpack use? White and black, red, black, and white, red, white, and blue, red, and black. I can just imagine Kevin Nash coming out right now with an NWO in America. Um, uh, red and black. He's going with red and black. You're correct. Brock Lesnar has never won the following WWE King of the Ring. The WWE Intercontinental Heavyweight title, the WWE Universal title, or the WWE title? Uh, Intercontinental. Correct. Who appeared on both Raw and Nitro on the same night during the Monday Night Wars? X-Park, Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, Lex Luger. Rick Rude. Who was the first wrestler inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame? Pedro Morales, Pat Patterson, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Patterson? Wrong, it was Andre the Giant, 93. Oh, shit. Alright. The British Bulldogs came to the ring with a dog named Matilda Smith Spot Madison. Matilda. Is a really obscure question. In 2003, Macho Man Randy Savage released a rap album titled Be a Man, Ooh Yeah, Macho Madness, or Savage. Be a man. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard that, you know. Yo, that's a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the first WWE Universal Champion? Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Finn Balor, Goldberg. Balor. Here's another obscure one for you. In 1986, Rick Martel and Tom Zink were known as the Dream Team, Can Am Express, Can Arm Express, or Strike Force. What'd you say his partner was? Tom Zink. Tom Zink. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> this is 1986, so it's before our time. Oh, oh God, the 80s. Uh, probably like fucking Can Am Express. You're going with the Can-Am Express. Yes. Incorrect. They were known as the Can-Arn Express. But the oh, difference is it's the, it's the Can-Am Express and the Can-Am Connection. That actually is quite confusing, but yeah, Can-Am Connection. So if you just said Connection oh, okay. Express, I would have given it to you, but never mind. <laughs> Who has never won a WWE World Championship? Jake the Snake Roberts, Bray Wyatt, Jeff Hardy, Sergeant Slaughter. Jake Roberts. Correct. Who was the first WWE Cruiserweight Champion in 2016? Mm -hmm. Brian Kendrick, Rich Swan, Neville, TJ Perkins. 
Neville. No, wait. This Swan, wasn't it? Who are you picking? Who are you picking? I think it was Swan. You're going with Swan. Yeah. You're wrong. It was TJ Perkins. Oh, t- yeah, I remember watching that. <laughs> <laughs> Kane made his WWE TV debut interfering in which type of match? Hell in a Cell, Buried Alive, Inferno match, Casket match. Hell in a Cell. Correct. WWE has never hosted an event in this country. India, Thailand, Pakistan, Kuwait. Kuwait. You are wrong. It has never hosted an event in Pakistan. It's done India, it's done Thailand, it's done Kuwait. Kuwait is where they did that terrible Kuwaiti Cup. I forgot about that. India, I know, has been obviously their tours. There was one, I think, TV where they did in Thailand, but Pakistan had never gone there. Bringing back repressed memories. Yeah. (laughs) Which current WWE... I'm going to be honest, some of these questions are terrible, so I'm going to skip some of these. Uh... Actually, let's just continue on. Which current WWE superstar is the son of Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig, Heath Slater, LeBron Kendrick, Curtis Axel, Mike Kanellis? That's funny. None of them are current WWE superstars. Well, I know. That's the irony, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's, Curtis, it's Curtis Axel. Correct. Naomi is married to which WWE star? Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, Roman Reigns, <laughs> Kalisto. <laughs> I gotta throw both Usos in. <laughs> I know it's one of them. <laughs> you, got, you got Jimmy think, or Jay? I think it's Jay. You think it's Jay? You're wrong, it's Jimmy. Fuck. Well, you, you're gonna get one right. You had a half chance there. That was a 50 50, yeah. The premiere episode of Monday Night Raw was hosted in which city? Toronto, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. New York. Correct. Which of the following was a member of the League of Nations stable? Rey Mysterio, Neville, Wade Barrett, Cesaro. Which was never, or which was? Which was. Who was in the stable? Okay, Barrett. Barrett. You're correct. Mm. That was one hell of a excellent stable, wasn't it? Oh yeah, it was great. Which WWE superstar has never competed in an MMA match? Never. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins. Rollins. You're correct. The Rockers beat the Hart Foundation to win the tag team titles in 1990. It was never recognized due to which reason? Camera issues, the top rope, there, the top rope broke. That's a flipping tongue, Krista. Multiple fans entered the ring, or Shawn Michaels got injured. I believe it was the top rope. Top rope broke. You are correct, yeah. Which uh, I thought was kind of lame, but never mind. I did too. The WWE European Championship debuted in 1997. Who was the first champion? D'Lo Brown, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, William Regal. Oh shit, I think. It had to be one of Regal or Bulldog, right? Will you tell me, Mr. Shaw? Fuck it, I'm going to throw a curveball D'Lo Brown. <laughs> You're going to go with D'Lo Brown? 
I'm gonna go with D'Lo. <laughs> you are wrong. It's Bulldog. D'Lo <laughs> Brown. Are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> a little bit. You've seen the show. I just, I just love the fact of being like the first European. It's going to be fucking D'Lo Brown. <laughs> um, I mean, that's not something WWE would do. Well, I mean, you're not wrong there. I mean, Jesus Christ. I, you, know, you know, I'm never going to let you live that down now after this. I hope you don't, man. <laughs> this should be an easy answer because it's a podcast with it. How many consecutive weeks did WCW Nitro beat Monday Night Raw in the ratings? 83 weeks, 84 weeks, 74 weeks, 104 weeks. 83. 83. You're correct. Jim the Anvil Neidhart also wrestled under this name. Doink the Clown, the Sultan, Who, and Mr. X. Sorry, who? That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Doink the Clown, the Sultan, Who, and Mr. X. Yeah, who? You want to go with who? Yeah. It's a good job I understood that. We, we could have been here all day. <laughs> me just read, <laughs> me reading out the answers. <laughs> you are correct. I I didn't I didn't get it. I didn't get the whole who thing. It, it made no sense anyway. <laughs> who was CM Punk's tag team partner during his WWE Tag Team Championship run? Kofi Kingston, Dolph Ziggler, Big Show, Daniel Bryan. Kofi. You're correct. Who was never a member of the Nation of Domination? Never. Owen Hart, China, Crush, The Rock. Sorry, could you read that first? <laughs> who was never first Who was never a member of the Nation of Domination? Owen Hart, China, Crush, and The Rock. Like it had to be Owen, right? <laughs> Do so you think it's Owen? I think it's Owen. You are wrong. Do you not remember? Owen was in the Nation of Domination. I complete dog. That, that's that's the where the enough is enough thing comes from. Oh. Yeah. Oh shit. That's what that's what from. That? I know it doesn't make any sense because obviously they were like a black bulletin group, but no one Hart was in it. But no, that he was in it. It's China who was never a member because Crush has been in it, and so obviously is The Rock. Yeah, I knew Crush was, but. Well, you've learned something new, old boy. Yeah. A very obscure question. Uh, Roman Reigns played for which Canadian Football League team? The Toronto Sorry. Argonauts, the Edmonton Eskimos, the BC Lions, or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I, well, I would have no idea of this question whatsoever. What was that team called? The fucking Eskimos? The Edmonton Eskimos. <laughs> I'll go with that. I just like the You're gonna name. go with that. Yeah. Hey, you're right. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, Yo, look at this big fucking Roman Reigns mark. <laughs> <laughs> In 2008, Litty Joseph Anoe was signed by the Edmonton Eskimos for the Canadian Football League. So, hang on a minute. You don't fucking know Owen Hart was in the Nation of Domination, but you know what Roman Reigns' Canadian Football League team is. <laughs> <laughs> what color was the 2018 Men's Money in the Bank briefcase? Gold, white, green, or blue? Say 2010. 2018. Oh, 2018. I think it was white. You think it was no, white? Wait. wait. 
say green was an option. Yeah, gold, white, green, or blue. Green. You go on the green. You're correct. It was green. Steve Lombardi was known for his character, the Brooklyn Brawler. Which other character did he wrestle as? Man, Mountain Rock, PJ Walker, Midian, or Abe? Abe. You're going to go with Abe. I believe so. You're correct. He wrestled under Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. And uh, if you remember, his face was painted like a baseball. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck comes up with this shit? I mean, Jesus Christ. Fucking children are in the writing room. Anyway, who was not a member of D-Generation X? Tori, Shane McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. <laughs> no, you're wrong. It's Shane McMahon. What? See, it's, oh, that's a curve. That's a curveball there, because you think it's Hornswell. Shane's because never been. Tory was. Uh, Tory was the '90s. So was Stephanie. Um, mm. Hornswell was in like a little terrible mini one with them, probably like later on. But Shane, Shane technically was never in DX. Yeah, because like I remember that whole storyline with like Triple H and Sean going to Little Person's Court because yeah, they like bullied Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the following wrestlers have never made a WWE appearance? The Young Bucks, Loki, Jay Lethal, Colt Cabana. Jay Lethal. Correct. Which is kind of weird to think that, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Not even a dart match or anything else like that. Crazy. Who won the 1995 King of the Ring? Mabel, Owen Hart, Steve Austin, Savio Vega. I think Steve Austin. Nope, that was Mabel. He won the one after that. No, it wasn't. It was 97 he won. Oh, no. Because I remember Mabel won one, so I knew it was between Mabel and Austin. <laughs> yeah, I think Mabel's 95. I think Owen Hart might be 96, and then Austin's 97. Okay. Maybe I might be wrong. Who was never a member of the Camp Cornette WWE stable? Shane Douglas, Yokozuna, Vader, Owen Hart. Once again, I'm believing Owen. <laughs> you think it's Owen? Yeah. God's sake, man. You're wrong again. It's Shane I'm Douglas. wrong with Co- the Cornet, Cornet, he did Yokozuna. Then he did Vader. And then he was with Owen Hart because Owen Hart was with Yokozuna. And yeah. the tag team champs. I'm just saying, You are like an anti-Owen thing. It's like you forgot he even existed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not trusting my gut with Owen anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're not. Don't, don't choose him. Whose father wrestled as an enhancement talent for the WWF in the 90s? Nia Jax, Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Carmella. Carmella. You are old Paul Van Dale. During the 1991 Royal Rumble, Shane McMahon refereed the match under this name. Shane Vincent, Shane Stevens, Shane Hebner, Sean McMahon. Shane Hebner. You think Shane Hebner? Yeah. No, you're wrong. What? Why would he be called Shane Hebner for? For, like, a joke? No, because I think this is when he was, like, before he was a character. It was Shane Stevens. 
because I don't think he appeared on TV until at least like ninety five, ninety six. This was, he um, he worked as like a referee or sort of you know bitch boy before he came on. Got so it. Shane Shane Hebner, I'm not letting you live down Yo. that one either now. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's last WWE match was against The Rock, Triple H, Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels. Done. You say Sean. No, you're wrong. It was against what? Randy Orton at SummerSlam. <laughs> SummerSlam what? What year? SummerSlam 2006. That was his last match. Oh, no. <laughs> this is great. Don't worry, pal. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. We've got, three, okay. we've got three questions left. Don't you worry, pal. I can give you a full score at the end. WWF blurred out Ric Flair's big gold belt after pressure from WCW in 1991. Which title was he actually holding? The WWF Intercontinental title, the WWF Tag Team title, the WWF World title, or the WWF Lightweight title? Flair's ever won the Light Heavyweight title. I think it was the World Heavyweight title, if I'm not mistaken. Well, this is more not what he's actually held, but because he had the big gold belt, which is WCW probably, they basically replaced it. But he's actually holding yeah. a different title, so it's what's he actually holding in the shot, not what, what he's held as a as a championship. I know, but <laughs> you think it's a world title? Yeah, yeah I okay. think it's a world title because I, holding Ric Flair holding the light heavyweight title just is a funny image to me. Well, you're wrong. He's actually holding the tag team title. Uh, tag title. Okay. Which superstar was never a rosebud for Adam Rose? Becky Lynch, Mandy Rose, Braun Strowman, Elias. I think it was Mandy. Mandy was never a rosebud. You are correct. And very lastly, so we can give Matt Short a break, who did The Undertaker <laughs> face at SummerSlam 2004? Edge, Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, JBL. 2004? Um... That sounds like Orton. You think Orton? Mm-hmm. You are wrong. It was JBL. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's calculate the scores for old uh, Mr. Matt Short. Out of all the questions, there were these were, this was 50 questions, by the way. 50 questions. You scored a 32 what? Correct out of 50. 32. That's 64. Oh, what do you think I said? I thought you were about to say 32%. Oh, no. I was you... about to say, hold on. <laughs> no, you got 32 correct out of 50. You got 64%. Hey, you know what? These get degrees or diplomas. Well, it, the average score is 59%, so you got 64. So you're over the average. So uh, oh, good, yeah. good job, pal. How'd you feel after that? Uh,. Violated. <laughs> well, you should be with fucking Shane Hebner. <laughs> Shane, you know you've got to have a referee now called Shane Hebner. Oh yeah, of course. Fucking Shane <laughs> Hebner. What a what a guy. What a guy. So let's talk about the number one thing as to why we're actually here in the first place, and that's to talk about the YouTube channel Pro Wrestling Syndicate of uh, the Madness Show. So mm. with all these guys on here. How did you come to be with these guys? Was this already set up and then you 
got involved or or your pals? How does that kind of slide you in there? Well, like I said before, um, Madness has been around for a while. So mm -hmm. I just kind of ported it over after meeting Tommy. He was like, yo, I would love to have you and whatever the hell you're about to bring to this channel. Um, and uh, from there, I just kind of started going off with it. Um, and like I get like some matches from some of my friends, right? Mm -hmm. But a good majority of it is my stuff. Okay. So, like, any deathmatch that you've seen, I more than likely had a hand in it. Mm -hmm. um, th there's always, like, two of my matches on each show. So. Yeah, I mean, bad. and s scrolling through it, you. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of everything, but yeah, we, we see yours. We see a lot of the affinity stuff. Um, Rise Pros has the odd thing on here as well. Um, and then a lot of the sort of universe modes too so some have more than others i guess in terms of how they're how they're up but mm. i picked a show to watch to get a little bit of research on the old uh, madness uh show to, to figure out and i'm glad i picked this show because what a show to pick i picked the madness road to game over episode four debased show and if anybody is looking to check out madness or even any of the stuff from the affinity pro wrestling syndicate channel <clears throat> Excuse me. You want to head over to that YouTube channel and watch the Madness episode four. It is a cracker of a show, especially a BLT death match. <laughs> that isn't bacon. Mm -hmm. Is that bacon, lettuce, tomato? Uh, no, it's barbed wire, ladders, and thumbtacks. Well, at least we uh, got that sorted first and foremost. <clears throat> <laughs> so, to recap. Madness is a show where, if you're wondering what kind of guys and gals you can see on Madness, you can see guys like Yukio Koji, you can see Kazuki, mm. some cool guys like Overdose and Jamashi have a nice little cool style, I like the, the styles there. Psycho and uh, Psycho G, should I say, and uh, mm. a lot of sort of women on there too. But this show is the main event, which is Matthew Black versus Ryan Thomas. Now, when you see shows, or oh, by the way, I like the fact that you use uh, Greta Van Vliet, Black Smoke Rising for the recap at the beginning. Quite enjoyed that. One of the uh, one of the shows, or one of the matches on the shows, is the death match. Now, if you are someone that's never actually seen how a death match has been done, you should definitely watch this show, especially this main event. Now, how this match kind of uh, throws around is. You first of all see a bag of tacks, which are in the ring, which you can see uh, put into the canvas there. You then see some tattoo needles, which I thought was awesome. I've never seen that before <laughs> in one of the guys' heads. And then a corner of the ring where the wrap mat is ripped up, almost like to expose the wood and barbed wire. Uh, one of the great scenes that I thought was fantastic is that clever scene when I can't remember which one it was, was outside the ring and, and the blood was pouring from his head. And I thought, man, that's some, some great stuff. So, these kind of things that I mentioned that I saw on here, um, is this something that you do? Do do other people around your sort of group do that? Or is this something that you have kind of... Because I'm, I'm be honest, those those type of things I just mentioned, I've not seen that before. Yeah. Um, I, I'd like to think of myself as the originator of this style of 
um our show yeah um i i got inspired to implement more stuff than what's in the game you know like mm-hmm. everyone gets even if you're doing a hardcore show like uh, people get tired of seeing chair shots all the time you know sure sure and so um i saw a match between uh i believe it was a guy named sin and arashi ray yeah uh technically they were the first death match in a 2k game but the only thing that they really pulled out that was different was a barbed wire table gotcha um so on the first episode of the road to game over um i decided well fuck it i'm gonna do one better and so um i I had my character against Owen Clark. Ah. Yeah. Previous guest. Mm, A little little bit of a callback to that guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, um, so we brawled on the outside. I took a bump onto, my character took a bump on the light tubes. Mm -hmm. I had like a little bit of a, as us deathmatch fans like to call it, the spooky dust. Um, rose from the tubes and then i took the brawl over to the steel steps removed the steel steps to reveal a bag of thumbtacks Mm. uh as owen already set up a table i then proceeded to throw the thumbtacks like quite literally like you could see the animation of the yeah throw the thumbtacks onto the table and proceeded to pile driver him through the table (laughs) Um, so that's kind of where it all started when the deathmatch stuff came in. And, and ever, sorry, cool. uh, ever since then, I've been pushing the limits, uh, on the episode before, um, the base show, uh, it was just a 420 show. There wasn't really a deathmatch, but the mm-hmm. show before it, you might want to check out. It's a pick your poison deathmatch. Oh, really? Like call it. Yeah. What's the difference between uh, that one and this one? Difference is... Uh, the difference is there's an explosion. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn, I should check that out. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, so the concept of the Pick Your Poison, it's kind of like a double hell kind of thing. So, like, there's barbed wire boards on two sides of the uh, ring, right? Yeah. One on top, one on bottom. Uh, those are set to explode. But the thing is, is that no one realized it whenever it went live. Uh, so, right, okay. And then on the other two sides, there are um, light tube boards. Okay. So whenever someone... It's like... You don't know about the barbed wire. So like the guys are trying to like move around it. Because they know about what kind of shit that... like. The character Matt is like known for doing. Did you say this is on He's the four twenty special show? No, it's on the one before that. Well, before that one. Um, playing with fire is in the thumbnail. Or cooking with fire. Cooking with fire episode two. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and it's because of that. Like, I feel like I made something special with it. There's also staple gun involved. Um. Good old staple gun. Yeah. 
staple gun, the explosion at the end, and um, all kinds of fun stuff in that match. That one's one of my favorites. So episode two on the uh, on the madness cooking with fire is uh, a show to check out on uh, on that. And I'm now actually have that show on, and I'm about to see an explosion, which I um, hope I'm not disappointed with when this happens. That's me. It's not like AEW. It's Max. Oh wow, that is good. Yeah. Max Slade, Chris Anarchia. I like that. Yeah. That is very, uh, that's very clever, see? You should be, uh, do you ever look back on the shows that you do and go, man, man, that was a damn good show. Yeah, episode two specifically. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do um, some, you do some real creative stuff and I love it because again, it's, it's, it's different. It's interesting to, to have people, as I always say to my friend Ray, who, uh, who does kind of similar stuff where, you know, trying to do things that aren't necessarily dumb. It's not about what the game can do for you, but what you can do for the game. Because, as you mentioned, and I've said this with many other things, we've seen the gauntlets, the ladder matches, the hardcore matches, the tables, the Hell in a Cell, Steel Gauge, the tag team match, the Royal Rumbles, the tournaments, all of it. We can do that about a thousand times, but it's, okay, let's try and uh, let's try and do something different. What can I not physically do, but try and do? So there's so many old matches you can do to try and make that um, you know, work. And I love, uh, I just saw... You go into that uh, that table at the bottom, and I love that sort of smoke and stuff. So, man, yeah, it's really, really good. I do, uh, do enjoy it. So, with all these uh, matches and also these shows, this sort of road to game over. What what sort of the the stories culminating at at, uh, at game over? What's what's the end goal on game over? Um, the end goal is to essentially just have a big season finale. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that. Any story going into it is wrapped up, or maybe start a new one, you know? Um, uh, the next few episodes uh, coming up are going to emphasize more of that yeah. uh, on women's, on this special that we have coming up called Women's Wrestling, All Women's Wrestling Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, we're even going to have a female commentator. Um we are going to create two storylines with this show. Okay. Um, on episode one, there was a woman named Ryoko Matsuda, and on the 420 special, a woman named Zelda. Um, both of which won their respective matches, and um, we're going to have them go after the women's title I Game Over. And I hope people enjoy the storyline with it, for they also have a history going back to a Joshi promotion in Japan known as Paradise Quest. Love it. I like it. One of the things I didn't ask, which were kind of in my notes, is the the particular death matches that you do. Do you have anyone that sort of has a negative opinion of that, have a, a negative opinion on sort of what? you do because there are people out there which is it's crazy that people do that but do you have people criticize eh, why are you doing a death match or you could have done this or it doesn't really work or uh i don't really like it because they're obviously miserable i um i have yet to meet someone who doesn't enjoy the death matches that's um, good that's good but hey i mean if you do you just just talk to me you know dms are open at i'm short 2928 on <laughs> twitter <laughs> Well, I'm glad actually that uh, that people don't because uh, a lot of the time you do tend to find those people. But you 
know, don't shit on something that's, that's good, but I'm glad. I'm glad that, uh, that that's happening. So you mentioned about the season finale. You mentioned about that sort of wrapping up. Are you going to take a break or are you sort of reevaluating if you want to continue it? Are you burnt out? What, what's the deal with that? Um, the season finale is mainly for me to get set up for 22 because after oh, okay. uh, game over, I plan on releasing one show after game over just to kind of set the tone of what direction I want Madness to go in too. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. Well, with that being said, with everything that we talked about, what what with that aside, what does the future hold for for you personally, and also the show? I know you said about two K twenty two, but you know what what do you kind of want to do? What's your goals? What's is there anything you you haven't done that you want to do? What's what's the deal with old Matt Short and his old little show? Well, I do want to do something with a scaffold at some point. Ah, uh, um, see, I had mentioned this to somebody else. I'm glad you were. <laughs> I'm glad you're the same idea. Um. I saw it on a show recently too, but it was just like backstage. I was like, ah, we could do that better. Yeah. Um. So I was thinking like, uh, scaffold above the ring, you know, New Jack, Big Grimes type beat. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I want to do a, uh, a Hall of Mirrors death match. Hall of Mirrors. Yeah, it's glass panes all over the place. Interesting. See, I I and, like your ideas for uh, for doing new things. I love it. Yeah, and then there's um, one that I saw at uh, GCW's Ashes to Ashes. Uh, it was between Jimmy Lloyd and G Raver. If you guys have not seen that, please check that out. Okay. Um, it was a break the glass ceiling match. So. Essentially, take both of those match types that I just explained and put them together. Yeah, yeah. It they set up like a little like um, structure with like glass in the middle. There's like a glass bridge, but you can walk on it because you know. Um, and G Raver, or no, it was Jimmy Lloyd like superplexed uh, G Raver off the scaffold that they were on through the glass landing straight onto the ring yeah it, it was quite the visual um that's great so we uh near near the end of our old uh little podcast but oh. Mr. Sh- oh you're having fun are you having fun yeah um, yeah see I, I i forgot i i mentioned i wanted to do this too but people are probably gonna look at me funny if i do it um there was a spot that I... Uh, have you ever seen Blackcraft Wrestling? The real Blackcraft Wrestling? Oh. Yes, the real one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You remember uh, No Apologies? Uh, what, the... I'm trying Man- to mainly that. the opening segment where a guy got, like, crucified. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that whole... Um, well... Well, mm-hmm. go on. I'm just saying, keep an eye out. Oh, no. <laughs> you are... I don't even I'm know. Sick. You're... I'm not... <laughs> You're not going to start doing their Devil Dead match, are you? Oh, no. No, what the... No, ew. <laughs> I can't remember what a Devil's Dead match was, though. And I can't... It was like... It was like chain ropes. It, it was just like a normal, like, hardcore match, just with chain ropes. Oh, is, is that a bit too tame for you, is it? 
Yeah, a little bit. You want that hardcore stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, at least we know now you're going to do some weird, weird ass stuff, some more weird ass stuff. But before we head on uh, down the road, we've been talking uh, to old Matt Short about madness, uh, old, old wrestling. And before we do, uh, Matt Short, I uh, got to tell you that uh, on this show, we do a little bit of a Q&A at the end. So we got a little bit of Q&A of two questions that I ask everybody. And three specific life questions that I picked just for you. So let's start off with the uh, the, the usual questions. Matt Short, who is the most overrated CAW? Overrated? Oh yeah. shit! Um, <laughs> I, I would say um, I wouldn't say that because I'm kind of cool with him. But uh, Max Arlton, <laughs> he's a little overrated in my opinion. Um, like he puts out these great matches, right? But like it's just the same structure most of the time and i feel like he can do a lot more if he just puts the time into it okay gotcha gotcha who then on the flip side is the most underrated caw you know normally i'd say yours truly yes but (laughs) i'm probably gonna have to go with uh my friend uh lennon he mm-hmm. uh Lennon Walsh. He's really good at um a lot of stuff. He's going to be featured on a future madness episode entitled Blood in the Water. Be on the lookout mm-hmm. for that soon. Um yeah, he he's really cool. He's really good uh, at what he does and uh no match of his is ever really the same unless it's done by someone else. So Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Before I actually go on to the uh, Q and A, one thing that's put to my mum. I'm not sure if uh, if you you know this person because the uh, the FAM guys I knew, knew knew him very very personally. Did you have any relationship with old uh, Dale Malikam, Ryan, who recently passed? Um, surprisingly, no. Um, I I wanted to talk to him quite a bit, um, but I never really got the chance to really. And it's been like a regret of mine for hmm. a couple months. For those who um, don't know, he was uh, a member who passed away at 24, which is uh, uh, just a, not even, a, I think it's understated yeah. to say a crazy, uh, crazy time to, to die. But yeah. I mean, you know, absolutely, uh, absolutely crazy. Like, um, I, I have a friend, his name is, um, I'm, calling him based off of his call uh christ Mm -hmm. um he was really cool friends with him and um he was he was real close and like he's still feeling the effects today yeah so yeah well it is a uh, sad thing so Mm -hmm. uh of course condolences once again to that and of course your friends online check out check it (laughs) huh Way to make me sad before. I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we won't. We won't, we won't end on that. I can't do that. That's too personal. <laughs> but check out your friends. Check out and make sure they're okay. Okay, let's go down to the three uh, three Q and A. And that is first and foremost, uh, Mike Short. What is a very old person name? Wow, I've already stumped him already.
am so sorry. My computer decided to try and update. Oh, Matt, what are you doing? Did you hear the question? No, repeat that. Right, so the f- first question, I thought I thought it stumped you real well. That's why I thought you were sorry. What is a very old person name? A very old person name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, relating back to the bulldog of earlier, uh, Matilda. <laughs> okay, I think I think Elmer. Elmer, there's yeah. Always, always a, there's always a... Do you think these people like thought I'm going to call you an old person name, even though you've got about 80 years to have the name suit you? <laughs> uh, I don't think they think that far ahead. I think that's just on the spot sometimes. You know, just watch like Looney Tunes and then just in the break, is in the um, child delivery room and then it's on. What city is overrated? What's it? Oh shit! Um, Las Vegas. Why? Um, granted, the only time I've been there is when I was five. Uh, but the only cool thing that they had there was Circus Circus. It was a hotel, and it had a cool Simpsons game in it, and that was it. Cool, cool. And uh, very lastly, Matt, it's a little bit sensitive question, but we've got to know: How do you shave your balls safely without cutting them? Ah, is this a sponsor plug? <clears throat> I tell you, that would be awesome, man. Yeah, we're sponsored by. Uh, I don't know many like ball shaving companies. Are there any ball shaving companies? I, quite personally, I use Manscaped. Matt, see, oh, if we were sponsored by them, that would have been a fantastic segue. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, all you guys do is ask at this point. There's well, well you, still haven't asked anyway. you still haven't asked the question, Mr. Short. I feel like I did. Manscaped. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, technique or, you know. Oh, yeah. No, so- no. They just have they just have a decent, like, razor thing. Like, it, it's just like a, um, it's like an electric razor. It's like nip proof and all yeah, that. Yeah, but do, do, do you go up and down? Do you zigzag? Do you oh. go right? You know, what, you've got to give us the tips, dude. Circular motion. Circular motion. Yeah. Oh, is it is it waterproof? Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Lawnmower two point Have you ever cut yourself? Yeah. You uh, have. Yeah. It was like one time, and then like, I texted my girlfriend after it happened. Right. I was like, oh no, I just cut my dick. <laughs> <laughs> but. Is the Manscaped thing not having technology that is like anti anti cut anything like that? Yeah, it's supposed to be anti cut, but I ended up doing it anyway. A little bit shit in it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit false advertising. I should fucking sue. If you were a mad lad, would you do it with scissors? Yeah, no, I'd go. I'd go more so with garden shears. Ooh, ooh, yeah. What if you had no balls and you couldn't do it? Then what would you do? I have a taint. Do you have a steady hand? Um, not right now, but yeah. <laughs> hmm. Do you have to put batteries in it? No, it comes with a charger. Interesting. See, I'm, I'm learning something new about this. Um... <laughs> Oh, sorry, I'm still thinking about manscaping. Anyway, let's head on home because I'm, uh, I'm I'm getting wrapped up in manscaping here. But um, manscaping, if you want me to sponsor it, 
we're having some real deep conversations about it. So you contact me and me and a guest, me and Matt Short will discuss the techniques and the steadiness of uh, shaving uh, the genitalia. Anyway, Matthew, it's time to wrap it up and head on home. Before we do, where can we find you on social media? Say what? Before we head on home, where can we find you on social media? Uh, Twitter.com, at mshort2928. That's my main source of uh, anything, really. And, um, of course, if you haven't heard, check out the Affinity Affinity Pro channel, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as the Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Or you can just... Sub to my personal YouTube, Maddie Boy Productions, and follow me on Twitch because I might start doing that Ooh, soon. What are you Maddie doing on your Boy personal Short. YouTube? Um, more or less the same shit. Um, <laughs> like I post uh, recap videos early on that channel, and I um, I'm gonna start posting individual matches soon enough on that channel from uh, prior shows, etc. Well, we'll and, put those um, links up in the uh, in the description, so you can all go to those different ones, including uh, well, whenever you set a Twitch up, give it to us. We can uh, certainly promote that on uh, mm. on that social media as well. But from uh, from me, the Jamco, and from old Matt Short. Matt Short, do you have any last comments before we head on home? Uh, just keep an eye out for Madness Women's Wrestling, Blood in the Water, and soon to be announced this year is a first. Uh, Madness in over my head, which is going to be the go home show for Game Over. Wow. Well, from Matt, from me, it's time to head on home with this uh, show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. As I always say, stay safe and be good to one another. See you soon. Jamco Talks is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Check out all things FWZ on the FWZ Collection channel.